I am mining investor and editor of Resource Stock Digest, Gerardo Del Real, here with my partner, Mr. Nick Hodge, who's also an investor and publishes Daily Profit Cycle. This is the 200th episode of our weekly therapy session that we call Investing in Bizarro World. We talk markets, we talk what we're investing in, we talk about what we're watching, and we talk about all the craziness going on in the world today. This week, we're going to talk about Germany, their climate goals, Russia being the scapegoat. We're going to talk about the government being the new Oprah. We'll talk markets. We'll talk the Speaker of the House debacle. But before we get into all of that, Mr. Nick Hodge, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Gerardo. It's a new year, but not a new cycle, as it were. Stocks down uh, over 1% to start the year. It's only been three days. Um, lots of negative headlines out there. We'll go through uh, a bit of them. How are you doing? I am happy to ring in a new year. Um, 2022, as a lot of you know, and you, know, you don't know the half, but it was an absolutely eventful one. I am excited for new beginnings. I want to wish everybody an absolutely great 2023. I hope it's a profitable one. I hope it's a safe one. I hope it's a healthy one for everyone. Um, Long-winded way of saying I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to new beginnings. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, hopefully a phenomenal 2023. Thank you for asking. Uh-huh. Let's uh, jump right into it. You kind of you you teased where I wanted to start with the overall indices. We just had a, you know, we're recording on January the 5th here on Thursday. We had a robust jobs report. The narrative around that is that the markets are going down because now the Fed is likely to continue hiking. Um, I say narrative because, yeah, who knew, right? We, we've been calling this for I don't know how long. Specifically, you've been calling mm-hmm. this on the major indices. Um, look, we, we I've been saying we're in a recession. I think Amazon's proving to us that we're in a recession. 18,000 layoffs. I think Bed Bath & Beyond is proving to us that we're in a recession. They're talking bankruptcy now. Um, earnings are starting to trickle out. Oh, my God, people are missing on their numbers. Imagine that. Um, let's talk major indices, Nick. What do you see? I see a continued bear market. Yeah. You know, it's worth recapping uh, a bit of 2022 where we had multiple bear market rallies, um, traps as it were, and uh, we were calling them in real time for the the past year. I believe there was uh, one in March. There was one again over the summer in the June time frame, and then again into uh, October and November leading up to that December Fed meeting. And all those... Uh, Bear market rallies were based on a, a, you know, potential pivot from the Fed that lots of people were calling <laughs> for, uh, hoping for, and and probably even praying for, and um, that never materialized. And in fact, uh, you know, Jerome has continued to be hawkish. They raised rates again in December. Uh, he said, "Don't expect any rate cuts in 2023, um, and you're likely going to get a, a couple of more rate hikes." Um, so that Fed pivot narrative was just that. It was a narrative that never materialized. And and, and each time you got a, a little bear market bounce, uh, stocks turned around and sold back off. And, and now they're doing that again after the most recent sort of run up in, in November and early December. And, um, you know, what's going to come next is earnings, which which we've talked about a oh, couple my. of times. And I, I, I've written about, in fact, um, the good portion of the last issue, the December issue of Foundational Profits was about the an earnings recession and why, um, you know, on a comp basis, the these earnings that are starting to come out now, which are for Q4 2022, um, we're going to show basically negative, negative earnings growth, whereas the previous quarters were 
um, showing positive earnings growth because oh, energy prices were strong. And so the, the earnings from the oil and gas companies were so strong um, that they were buoying or lifting up the the entire S&P to, to show positive earnings growth. But that's not the case anymore. And so, uh, you know, if you subscribe to me, you would have known this uh, a, a month ago <laughs> or, or maybe even more. Uh, and now you're starting to see it in, in the mainstream, right? With um, Bloomberg out with an article this week about how Exxon is is warning about their earnings, and you know that's exactly what I was saying. These these big oil and gas company earnings simply can't be as strong because oil's seventy five bucks uh, because there's a recession and not a not a hundred and some dollars like it was uh, a year ago. And so you mean less you know, demand leads to lower prices, leads to a recession, leads to lower prices. That's how it goes. And so you know, <laughs> oh, Exxon. No. Exxon is saying now that, you know, lower oil and gas prices in Q4 is going to lead to a $3.7 billion hit to their earnings. Um, and so you're going to see uh, negative earnings and, um, you know, that's going to keep a, a lid on the on the major indices. Uh, and then, you, like you said in the beginning, um, you know, NASDAQ stocks are, are still having a really rough go of it. Um, you know, outside of the whole crypto thing, you know, you mentioned Amazon laying off a, a ton of people and you know, that's going to be the theme. You just don't turn the calendar and, and turn the economic cycle. Unfortunately, um, we still have uh, some things to grind through here for the next couple of quarters. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, look, gold closed the year out on pretty strong footing, right? It's it's trading around the 1835 level this morning. It's down about 20 bucks or so, but, you know, flirted with the 1860 level pretty convincingly and is off to a pretty solid start. And a great close to 2022. I'd love to get your thoughts on the gold price, the precious metals in general. Silver, you know, kissed 24 and hung out and flirted for a little bit before kind of retreating a bit this morning. But both had an excellent close technically into 2023. Follow through there? Oh, I think so. So, um, you know, the, the first half of this cycle or the first half of this contraction, however you want to frame that, was... Uh, dominated by rising interest rates, you know, specifically on the shorter term of the curve, the U.S. two-year. What we've seen now as we get into the, you know, mid-cycle or back half of this recession slash contraction is a softening of the the 10-year yields, which, um, you know, ultimately can can dictate the, the price of gold more <laughs> so than the dollar can. So you've got a softening of the 10-year, which it continues to happen. You know, I, I made some notes. It was you know, the 10-year yield peaked in October at 4.3%, and you're, you're sitting there on the 10-year yield now at about 3.6%. That's a big move for 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 the for the U.S. 10-year bond in, in a couple of months. And uh, the other thing that makes me think, um, so wait, let me put a point on that first. Uh -huh. So uh, now the market is more worried about recession than it is about rising rates, I think. And so we can start to get into that part of the cycle where gold becomes more attractive because the the rates, especially on the the long the long longer end of the curve, aren't going up as fast. The other thing that's interesting um, is that the dollar remains in a bullish trend. So um, it got down to around you know 103 or so on the DXY, but you know didn't break trend. is is still in a is still in an uptrend or an up cycle. Um, and in fact, to start the year here in you know January, what is it, fifth January, second, third, fourth, gold screamed to to eighteen hundred and sixty bucks. You know, it's added yeah. two hundred, two hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> in in two months. Short um, order, absolutely. While the dollar remains bullish trends, so you know, if you look today, you'll see that DXY has has spiked back up. Uh, you know, spiked might be a strong word, but ticked back up to one hundred five. 
and gold remains strong. So um, I, the last thing I'd add there is we saw significant central bank buying in the, in the in the fourth quarter, and so you know there's a reason that they do that. And so I think gold is is looking pretty strong, and and will continue to be so, and uh, the miners as well. Well, if that's the case, look, we've talked lithium in the past. I think that's going to be a trend that absolutely continues. I think uranium is going to have itself a heck of a year. Um, you know, I talked about government being the new Oprah. I couldn't help but notice as I was writing the most recent issue of Junior Resource Monthly, right, where, you know, we, we not only do we do alerts and new recommendations, but we also follow up on all the company news of companies that we're covering and companies that are in the portfolio. And so I'm looking and I look at Perpetua and I go, oh, wow, okay. Mm -hmm. Perpetua got itself $24.8 million from, the, you know, the Department of Defense um, to, to help with cleanup efforts that will ultimately ultimately lead to the mining of antimony, which is a critical metal as designated by the U.S. government. And then I looked at UEC and I noticed they got a contract, you know, for, I believe some, I, I don't forget the exact number, but you know, they, they, they were awarded the opportunity to sell uranium to the government at a fixed price. Smart move, by the way, Amir Adani, because I know as recently as a couple of months ago, he was out there buying all the uranium that he could buy at 35 bucks a pop. And if I, I'm not mistaken, UEC is going to get to sell it back to the government for right around $70 a pound. And then I look at Encore Energy and Encore Energy also was awarded a $7 million um, contract where the government will pay Encore uh, for some of its production at, at at you know high 50s spot price, right? Mind you, uranium spot price today trades at around $48. So if you can sell it to the government for 60 bucks in Encore's case or right around the $60 level and $70 in UEC's case, that's pretty good business. It was, uh, just to correct myself, UEC was $17.85 million at $59.50 a pound. Encore was $7 million to sell at $70.50 mm. a pound. Perpetual was $24.8 million under the Title Three under Title Three of the Defense Production Act. So you get some money, you get some money, you get some money. Government's jumping in the game. Government's realizing that, you know, we had a... We have a Cold War with China. We had a Cold War with Russia. But the Cold War today from from the U.S. standpoint is most definitely with China. And I think the U.S. and North America in general is realizing that when it comes to critical metals and energy independence, we are vulnerable, vulnerable, vulnerable. And is it too little, too late? It's something. It, you know, am I, am I, am I um, encouraged by the capital that's being spent and their willingness to actually use counterfeit money to buy something tangible? If they're going to counterfeit it anyway, they might as well buy something that the country needs and, and and start building these reserves that we need. Maybe it doesn't solve things in the near term, but maybe in the five, ten year, you know, horizon, there 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 is a a, a more the a, a better position of strength for the U.S. government for North America in general to develop these critical metal supply chains that I think are part of the cheesy pond, but critical to a more secure future. Any thoughts on that, Nick? No, I think you summed it up really well. It was only a, a matter of time. It sort of had to happen. We've been talking about uh, the revenge of the miners. We've been talking about being the you know, the lithium barons or the new green barons. Um, and you, when you looked at the charts about the, that showed how much, um, not just the mining, but the processing of these, these, these mm. metals come from China, um, you knew something had to give, right? Because if we have all these ambitious plans for electrification and electric vehicles and reduced emissions, 
um, all the inputs for that have to come from somewhere. And, you know, this is probably old hat to some of our listeners, but, so, you know, it's not just the lithium and the uranium, but even nickel getting bullish this uh-huh. um, week. PGM, specifically platinum, looking good. And uh, copper starting to, to strengthen up as well. All those things uh, have to come from somewhere. And, and then if you looked at the um, you know the scoreboard of of production and and processing. The the United States was was losing across the board. I mean, uh, you know, in lithium, there's only you know one producing asset or, or one area of production in the U.S. and in, in Nevada. You know, rare earths. There's there's uh, MP materials is like the the only game in town. A little bit of refining from energy fuels and and on down the line. I mean, the U.S. produces zero uranium. Um, and, and that's going to change here soon. But yeah, it's playing out exactly as I think we've said it would over the past couple mm-hmm. of years. And while, um, you know, you mentioned it might be too little too late. Well, I think it's just the beginning. There's more to, to, to come from the government and, and investors should take that signal as as how this is going to, to play out. Don't forget, you know, those those are DOE awards you were just mentioning as it relates to, to uranium. But there's still a lot of things. Uh, that are coming down the pipeline um, as it relates to bills that were passed last year, mm. infrastructure bills, Inflation Reduction Act, all that sort of stuff. So, uh, you know, there's still tax credits that are going to come for for nuclear energy and all that still has to play out. Um, you know, meanwhile, we're seeing um, uh, across the pond, it's, it's probably a good transition into Germany, which the news out this week is that, surprise, surprise, they're going to miss their climate goals for at 2022. And that's sort of exactly what I'm saying here is, um, you know, they got this energy pinch in Europe last year, the, the, the Nord Stream got blown up, cut off the Russian gas, the sanctions, all that sort of stuff. And you remember, uh, despite them, they're having a heat wave now, but let's put that aside for a second. You know, Europe was wondering, how are we going to stay warm this, this winter, right? Wood prices were through the roof. They were burning lignite. And yep. what did Germany do? They opted to, to fire up the coal plants instead of the nuclear plants. And um, you know, uh, I guess it might be a different debate why they did that, but it was clearly the wrong decision. I was saying it at the time, you know, um, they should be firing up the nukes, not just having them on standby, which is what they chose to do. And lo and behold, what happened? Uh, they opted for coal and they missed their, uh, their, their emission reduction targets, their climate goals for uh, 2022. And, and, and that's going to continue to be the case. You can't hit these goals. Like I mentioned earlier, the EV so, goals, the, the electrification goals, the decarbonization goals, you simply can't uh, meet those without uh, extracting uh, metals from the ground that you need for inputs for those batteries. And by, you know, getting back to embracing nuclear power. And those are trends that are going to continue to play out for, for this year and beyond. There's a great quote on the build-out of North American battery capacity. Um, and I'm not sure who to attribute it to, but they said, the plane took off, but the landing strip still needs to be built. And I think that's well said. The landing strip most definitely needs to be built. And so, um, no, well, well said, Nick. I think that's a good summary on that front. We got to talk U.S. politics a bit because, my God, just when you think you've seen it all. Have you seen the debacle on the House of Speaker? I, well, I no. As always, I'm, I'm behind on the politics, but I saw that, you know, they didn't get a speaker for the first time in however long, didn't, you know, hundred years. the first round or whatever. We're on the so. seventh vote. We are oh, the, the United States of America. The Republicans have the majority. 
This is for Speaker of the House. This is not for Speaker of the Party. I want to emphasize that, right? This is the Speaker of the House. You win the majority, you get the right to vote for that. It's one of the perks, right? Along with that. Pelosi's position. Correct. And so, you know, along with that comes the ability, because this is America, to hand out cushy positions to your buddies and your party in exchange for a vote. Kevin McCarthy so hated amongst his own party (laughs) that he can't garner enough votes (laughs) and get on his knees for long enough and plead and beg and hand out party favors. Um can't get enough votes to push it through. They're on the seventh vote. This is the third day of this. If that doesn't signal forth turning to y'all out there and the implosion of the American political system, one vote at a time, um, one year at a time, one election at a time, I don't know what's what it's going to be. So for all my left-leading friends that just swear by every liberal code that was ever taught to you and all my Republican friends that swear by every Republican code that you're supposed to abide by, it's okay to have our own thoughts. It's okay to like some things from each party. It's okay to dislike some things from both parties. Man, I hope we get to a place where like the institution is completely rebuilt, as I've said many, many times, because this one is on its last leg, Nick. So who are the other con- con- contenders? Or, or, they're just or, making it up. But, they're just making it up as they go. So they go, okay, hey, we don't want Kevin, but we kind of like Mike. So then they vote on Mike. Nah, no, we don't like Mike enough. Mike isn't going to give us enough Farney favors. Okay, all right, well, we don't like Mike. How about Debbie? Do we like Debbie? Debbie was nice to me last week. She kind of winked at me. She's cute, too. Let's go talk with Debbie. Nah, Debbie ain't got enough pool. All right, well, let's go back to Kevin. Let's go back to Kevin. Kevin, Kevin, hey, I'll vote for you. Give me that cushy office, that salary, and that position. Kevin, okay, 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 you can do it, you can do it. And somebody else gets mad, oh, fuck Kevin, now I'm taking my vote back. So at this point, it's 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 open-ended bribery. Uh, they call it negotiations. It's just bribery at this point. On C-SPAN, you could turn on C-SPAN right now and just watch the bribery go on on the floor. Um, it's an absolute shame. It's a critique of our system. Um, I love this country. I love the opportunity this country presents. I want it to be a better country. And uh, re-envisioning the way the American political system is set up is is a must if we're going to be a better America moving forward. You know, this thing is a shit show. Yeah, which is, you know, <laughs> one of the reasons I've stopped rubbernecking and, and watching it so closely. But that's all very interesting and, and par for the course, unfortunately. An utter lack of leadership and a, a literal lack of leadership in this case. What else is on your mind, Nick? I, I I know that, you know, this week tends to be a week where a lot of people are off. By the time y'all get this, it'll be back to normal as usual. So your next episode, you can expect a whole heck of a lot more uh, in-depth insight from Mr. Hodge and a little bit from myself. But anything else on your mind that, that you're wanting to talk about? I'll give a yeah. quick Patriot Better Metals update whenever you're ready for that, because I know a lot of you check out the check out the podcast for my thoughts on that. Go ahead, and then I'll, I'll check back in. Yeah, listen, short version is uh, still my largest personal holding. Still haven't sold one share um, for everybody that I, I've added here in the last couple of weeks. Uh, for everybody that thought that the amount of shares that came free trading, including my own, uh, from the voluntary one-year lockup, were all going to hit the market simultaneously, you were way wrong. Um, but for the shorts that thought that, you know, that that high of that 1050 spike, um, got ahead of itself and it was going to pull back and you actually had the nerve to short it. You made some money. So kudos to 
kudos to the shorts because they're they've piled on pretty good here in the last couple of weeks again just worth reminding everybody less than a month ago this stock made new all-time highs and if you just look at a 14 month chart it's new all-time highs every month almost and then a pretty severe retrace right and that's just the way it goes this is coming off of you know a one month quiet period month and a half quiet period of no news we're starting to get news finally we had an excellent release here about a week and a half ago i suspect there's a whole heck of a lot more coming down the pipeline there's 30 some holes still pending um we're going to get some assays from cv13 which is a new discovery that's going to add tonnage really really quickly there is a new drill program that'll be initiated here over the next week or so it'll be the most aggressive in company history ultimately leading to five rigs turning some of those dedicated towards filling in the gaps for a maiden resource estimate in early 2023 and some of those rigs out there exploring you know the 50 kilometer plus trend 60 kilometer plus trend that the corvette property boasts i want to remind everybody a tiny portion of this property has been explored and it would be damn lucky if the company just happened to drill out the best pegmatite outcrop cluster in that entire property just by luck on the first go around um so i say oh that's say look if you find another uh cb5 if you find another 150 200 million ton uh pegmatite cluster all of a sudden you have you know what is already a monster becomes you know the best hard rock lithium deposit in the world if you can get that four or five hundred million ton mark which is ambitious is ambitious but i'm i'm pretty damn confident we're you're you know we're, we're headed towards 200 million tons really really quick and if that's all they ever find, this thing is going much, much higher. Didn't close the year at double digits as I hope. Definitely didn't close at the $20 uh, mark where, where I thought it could. It's in the cards. When it happens really is is is, is not material to me. Um, it, it, it I'd rather see it sooner rather than later like everybody else. But the company is very well cashed up. And there are a ton of catalysts coming up. Yeah, looking at the chart, I'll give you my two cents. It really needs to hold that $6 <laughs> level on the, the Canadian side or... You can get a retracement down to 540, 550 or so, and and that would give it the energy it needs to get back to to ten dollars, uh, in my opinion. Um, and the other thing I, I think I see there from a more macro perspective is, uh, and this relates to the economic cycle and the 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 wealth effect and all that is, you know, Patriot was one of the the few bright spots in in the market and 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 had some shares come free trading in in late December that I have to imagine uh, people are tapping just because all their other positions are are down, right? Um, I haven't personally sold any, but I could see where people would be doing that because they also have warrants to, to exercise. And so sure. you just have a little bit of that shaking out in the, um, with Patriot specifically more broadly in uranium, uh, or excuse me, in lithium, um, you saw Tesla this, this week had to, you know, renegotiate contracts with, with Piedmont lithium to, to pay higher prices. So, uh, this macro driving behind the lithium sector isn't going um, any, anywhere, anytime soon. Right. Um, you know, Musk wasn't out there contracting for no, other sources of, <laughs> of, of lithium battery, of battery materials. I mean, he needs the, the lithium, right. And so, um, yeah, but that, that's, I, I guess what I got to say about that, but further on Tesla and I'm gonna make a transition here is, um, and as it relates to the broader markets, we haven't seen, you know, full capitulation, right? I guess is one of the things I wanted to say in this bear market is, you know, every time uh, the S&P gets sold off, like I was mentioning earlier, we get the a hope 
for the for the pivot and then stocks go back up and people <laughs> are st- people are still willing to to buy the dip right so i think tesla's lost something like oh gosh i don't even know if i want to say off the top of my head but um has been down significantly and continues to basically crash you know let me put pull up a chart yep. uh, real quick and i can get some specific numbers for you and then i'll give you an anecdote so uh, uh tsla this is a stock that was just um, in October was a two hundred and fifty-five dollar stock, two five five, and today it's a a hundred and seven dollar stock, right? So losing, you know, well over fifty percent in the in the past three months, and you know it's down from over three seventy-five earlier in in twenty twenty-two, and I still see people content to um, you know buy the dip. Just anecdotally, I was. And met some buddies uh, recently here that I hadn't seen in a long time. Was was going hunting, waterfowl hunting earlier this week, and you know one of their first questions was, you know, are, are you buying Tesla? Like after this crash, you know, we, <laughs> we, we recently bought some shares, and I was thinking to myself, man, this this is people are still one, people are still willing to come in and buy the dip, and two, there's still significant headwinds for these um, tech com- these big tech companies that still have a lot of market cap that they could lose as the as the, as, the, as the bear market continues to play out. So as far as the broader indices are concerned, you know, you're not going to get a true bottom fundamentally until we work through these this negative earnings growth that I was talking about. But two, um, until the dip buyers of the world, until the Reddit crowd has truly learned their lesson and isn't rushing in to buy every dip, right? You need to people you need people to be scared um of of rushing in to buy before you get a bottoming out process. That's just you know, market psychology 101. If these people are content to still rush in and buy the dip, it's not the 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 true bottom. And so, just last point there on on capitulation. And the only other thing I wanted to mention was uh, bonk. That's um, right, bonk, <laughs> which was um, trade uh, trending on on Twitter yesterday. But uh, Mr. Chris Curl recommended it even before that. So, um, the, just to set the stage a little bit, you've had. Um, Another crash of of Solana, you know, Solana was down to to eight bucks. Was I think a couple of hundred bucks in 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 twenty twenty two, and the FTX uh, debacle uh, really took down Solana. Like I say, to a low recently of eight dollars. And what happened is, um, some Solana engineers released a token, basically a meme coin uh, equivalent to like Doge or something, um, that was built on the Solana blockchain, um, and it started going up very fast. So you'll like this. There's like a hundred. I think a hundred trillion is the limit of coins that can be printed. So if you think about that, like share structure, that's a, a fuck ton in technical terms of shares that can be printed of this coin. So you know it starts out at I'm not going to get it right, but a bunch of zeros, right? Point zero 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 eight or whatever. And Chris Curl puts out an alert um, to his readers that hey, this meme coin was just born. Um, I think it looks a lot like Doge, which is the coin that he made ninety one times his money on. Let's transfer some of our Solana into Bonk. And he put that yeah. alert out on, oh, it was the first of the year, hey. I believe it was, or the second of the year, um, and nailed it. I mean, that the, so the Bonk has been up 2,500% in the past week. And he caught it after like the first 300%. That's good right? work. So, right. Uh, he nailed it for his readers. I haven't looked at the account to see. Um, how much he's he's actually up, but he definitely you know that's what he's here to do, right? Is um, get the the insight for you on these these new coins, altcoins, meme coins, etc. And 
um, you know, figure out which ones are going to do good. So uh, I guess just kudos to uh, Mr. Chris Curl for getting ahead of that one. You know, uh, he sent out an alert to his readers before it was even trending on on Twitter. And you know how fast Twitter is. Um, and so that's Bonk. And then I guess just quickly, I was reading his issue yesterday and, and he's writing about um, central bank digital currencies and this new ISO standard. Uh, if you remember last year, SWIFT, which is the international payment system, announced that um, they're they're switching to new standards of communication this year. So certain countries are going at different times. Europe's going to go in March, I think, um, and the U.S. later this year and like the third quarter or something. Uh, but they're building these new standards on top of altcoins. There's a couple of them. Um, and I'm not going to tell you because he was writing about them to, to premium members, but there's only a, a handful of coins that are certified to meet this new international standard that they're, that they're building the platforms on. Um, and uh, funny enough, or, or not funny, uh, <laughs> one of them is facing a major lawsuit by the SEC. And, and Chris's, no way. Chris's stance was that, and has been dropped by Coinbase, so you can't store this coin um, in a Coinbase decentralized wallet anymore. And Chris's theory was that um, they don't want the the common person owning these these coins that this new payment standard is going to be built on top of. But um, he's got other exchanges that he recommends that you can buy these coins on. And that's what his last issue was all about. So uh, between Bonk and this new Swift banking payment system, um, you know, Mr. Chris Curl has had a, a good couple of weeks in the in the crypto market, and and I definitely learned some some things by reading his last two updates. So, some things for you to Google if um, you're interested in that space is the the Bonk meme coin and the the new <laughs> ISO standard for for Swift, um, you know, international payment communication. And um, he's got a new report out talking about three altcoins that he would he would buy in this environment. So you should check that out as well. We should have Chris back on soon. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, you know, just to kind of segue a little bit, we talked earlier about the lithium trend and the uranium trend, and we talked about people, you know, wanting to come in and buy the dip, despite the fact that we haven't had true capitulation yet. And look, it's okay to be wrong on a narrative as long as you're still making money while being wrong, right? I thought the Fed would have slowed down by now. I was wrong, but I had my best trading year um, from, from, you know, a net value and percentage perspective ever last year, largely due to Patriot. Uh, but that wasn't the only one. It was, it was, it was a great, great year on that front. And so look, okay to get the narratives wrong, but you should be hedging appropriately. And there's some mega trends out there right now where you can make a lot of money and even, you know, even, even the crypto space, which is just viewed as bearish. I think Chris's 2,500% gain in a couple of weeks is, you know, proof in the footing that, 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 that you can still do very well in that space if you know what you're doing and, and, and you're hedging your bets appropriately. So kudos to Chris and uh, looking forward to an exciting 2023, Nick. Me too. I like it. For those of you that have not yet subscribed, I'm supposed to tell you that you should subscribe. You should click all the buttons. You should give us all the likes and you should definitely check us out at dailyprofitcycle.com forward slash subscribe. You'll get all the updates. You get the mock market commentary and hit your inbox. You can press play. You can listen to me rant and Nick give you great insights. That's all I got. You want to send us off, Mr. Nick Hodge? That's it. Have a good week. I'll be back in my normal environment next week. Have a good one, everyone. Be safe. Be kind to each other. Make it count. See ya. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. 
You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.